0: Tis the season for squash. Most of us are only familiar with a handful of varieties, but you may be surprised to learn that there are 150 varieties of heirloom pumpkins, squash, and gourds. For today's Please Explain, I'm pleased to welcome Zaid Kadia who uh, is an adjunct professor at SUNY Morrisville and partner operator of Norwich Meadows Farm and James Beard award-winning chef Alfred Portali, co-owner of Gotham Bar and Grill, author of numerous cookbooks and a leader in what's being called the New American Cuisine Movement. Welcome to our show. Thank you, Leonard. And uh, we have a little problem here. Our phones are not working, even though we are the... The biggest public radio station in America, sometimes uh, Verizon still causes problems. So we invite our listeners to join us uh, with questions uh, by writing to us on our show page at WNYC.org slash Lopate or on Facebook or Twitter where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. And I'm sure people will have a lot of questions because uh, my first question is, what is squash? Is it a vegetable, a fruit, or something else?
1: Well, technically, it's a fruit. Um, obviously, people think of things, you know, as they think of it as a vegetable, but it's de- definitely technically a fruit. The well, when you're eating zucchini, you you would think that I'm having vegetable for dinner. Yes, and it is definitely tastes like one since it's savory, but technically, it is it is a fruit
2: because it has seeds. Because it has seeds. Okay. Yes. Uh,
1: is there a, a botanic name for it? I, I saw one that says cucurbit. Yes, there are several. If we're talking about the winter squash and summer squash, there are several botanical names depending on the origin of the squash. And most of the squash that we're familiar with that we eat in the United States has actually originated in in the Americas. And there are some other squashes that have originated in other Parts of the world as well, but m- mostly in Mesoamerica. Yes,
0: it's it's interesting that they look so different. Pumpkin is squash, but so is zucchini and spaghetti squash. They don't seem to have much in common.
1: It's just the seeds. It's the the seeds look fairly familiar, but they are all. Uh, it's just like uh, your heirloom tomatoes. You have a black heirloom and you have a, a red tomato. So uh, nature has has created very wonderful-looking things that are all cousins. And what kinds of squash do you grow on your farm? We grow, in, we grow over 40 or 50 different varieties, if you count the summer squashes, at least. Aren't some inedible? There are gourds. There are varieties? Yes, there are. The gourds in particular, such as the turban, Turks Turban, if you're familiar with that one, that's, that is definitely inedible. Now, and, why is that? They just don't taste good? They're very hard they have a very hard shell, and their meat is just uh, fibrous and, and hard as well. What about the seeds?
0: Most of these uh, different squash have seeds that we can dry and turn out yeah. to be pretty good. And 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 many people in Mexico, they, they cook with uh, a lot of the seeds.
1: Absolutely. And you see the seeds are sold commercially. The big white seeds, they're generally pumpkin seeds. And then
0: Alfred uh, squash blossoms. Yeah, <laughs> every chef loves squash blossoms. Do you ever I, cook with them?
2: I do. Um, yeah, squash. I mean, um, squash blossoms. We, um, <clears throat> you know, there's a. They're most commonly uh, stuffed with something. Um, you can stuff them with ricotta cheese and. Um, actually, a couple nights ago, I had squash blossoms stuffed with, with lobster, which was mm. fantastic.
0: Um, I once had them uh, with minced mushrooms in Mexico. Yeah. It was delicious.
2: And another way just is to simply, I mean, they're so pretty. The colors are beautiful. I like to stir them into uh, a risotto, and um, and they're just, it just again, beautiful color. Do you have favorite varieties
0: of squash to cook?
2: Um well, right now I'm, I'm really not thinking about squash blossoms because it's almost November. I'm thinking more winter squashes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, sure, I have my favorites.
0: Butternut squash? Butternut. You gave us a recipe, a butternut squash recipe. Well,
2: yeah. My, I mean, my favorites, I think, are butternut, um, uh, kabocha, um, buttercup, and, of course, everybody likes acorn squash. But um, for me, uh, acorn squash is great for baking. Because you know the the the, they have to be peeled um, in order because the flesh or the um, the skin is not edible, and I just find it's a practical thing. It's very hard for me to peel, but (laughs) an acorn Mm -hmm. squash because of the deep ribs. So, but you have all sorts of help in a restaurant. I know, but just give it to somebody else to do. Yeah, but for that reason, I like I like butternut because it's. It has more meat to seeds. I mean, it's it, it, particularly if you pick, will choose one that's sort of heavy, feels heavy in the hand and has a long neck with it, and generally very small amount of seeds. And they're easy to peel with a peeler. And they're, they're great. That's really kind of my go-to squash. What about
0: pumpkin? A lot of people say that the best kind of pumpkin pie is made with other squash, not pumpkin.
2: Well, uh, first of all, the pumpkins that you carve for jack-o'-lanterns are not... Not great cooking pumpkins, but well, they're um, usually big.
0: Well, the smaller pumpkins are sweeter, it, aren't they?
2: Well, yeah. Well, it's a different variety. I mean, th- what you bake or cook with is a sugar pumpkin, t- if uh, typically. And um, you, you, the thing with you know, with making pumpkin pie, I um, I hate to say this, but I I, I would I would rather get a, a really high quality organic unsweetened pumpkin in a can to make pie with because um, it's consistent and, you know, moisture in a pumpkin is is a big variable and it'll screw up your pie on, on Thanksgiving Day.
0: Is that the only thing that a chef would say, <laughs> I want to make it out of a can? It's the only <laughs> thing. <laughs> My guests are Alfred Portali, executive chef and co-owner of Gotham Bar and Grill, and Zaid Kardia who is the operator of Norwich Meadows Farm, a uh, certified organic diversified vegetable farm, although in this case we're talking about fruit on Please Explain Squash. This is WMIC, org. I'm Letit Lopate. Zaid, do you work with chefs in developing new kinds of squash?
1: Yes, we do. That's, in fact, uh, I was just uh, mentioning earlier today to somebody that uh, Dan Barber was at our farm a few weeks ago and we're we're looking at uh looking at winter squash in a different way as well. The juvenile winter squashes actually make excellent summer squashes. They have a much more nutty flavor. The What you say juvenile? Yep, because baby. you
0: because you can eat them at different times when they're young, when they're in between and when they get old?
1: Certain varieties. Mm-hmm. Certain varieties. Some of them um can actually if you ever eat them when they're young, they can actually make you very, very thirsty. So, so you have to know the variety. So that's part of the experiments that we're working on now with Cornell and Dan and others to see which ones are going to work. But in terms of flavor, they some of them surpass summer squashes. So he's also looking at using some of the stems in his effort to use entire plants.
0: Alfred, do you have to learn all of this botanical stuff to
2: become a decent chef? Um, I, I mean, I think it helps to some degree. Um, I can't say that, uh, I mean, Dan has a, a, a well, his family has a big farm up in, up in Massachusetts and, a, and he and has a, a farm on his own and he has this Blue a farm f- at Blue, Blue Hill. Hill. Exactly. And, um, but there are some other chefs who have also in Europe
0: is almost a tradition that chefs sometimes will have a little farm that well, they uh, supply themselves
2: with. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, uh, for the restaurant to be two blocks from one of the biggest farmers' markets in New York City, at Union Square, and um, um, you know, it, it's it's a real benefit for us. Um, it's almost like having a backyard garden. Say,
0: are there certain kinds of uh, of land, some kinds of property that are best for growing pumpkins and squash? I'm, I'm separating them, although I should just say squash.
1: Yes, I mean definitely the soil types. And it's not just the soil types. It's soil, soil type impacts flavor of all vegetables, but also your general weather and what you feed the plants and the plant itself. So certain varieties of winter squash definitely taste different. Your delicatas don't taste like your butternuts, for example. So, um, but picking them also, you know, it's just like a tomato. You pick a winter squash at the right time and you let it cure. You get a better flavor.
0: Is it a matter of terroir, like uh, growing wine grapes, where you'd say this would be good for uh, spaghetti squash, this little spot over here, this would be better for pumpkins?
1: To an extent, yes, because many of these crops did not develop in the northeast. They developed in other, more arid. The cucurbit family is more of an arid-type an arid, uh, plant, so having less water, more sun definitely develops the flavor better. <laughs>
0: I just read in the paper that some farmer, I think it was in Belgium, uh, has grown the largest pumpkin ever—a couple of thousand pounds. How does that happen?
1: It's 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 a variety, but it's also tending to that plant. So my children, they when they were young, we did the same thing, and we got a couple of hundred pound one and it's a matter of you know tending to the plant but the variety as well the the variety has the the propensity to get that large
0: pumpkins often get so heavy that they fall to the ground which causes them to rot on the bottom what's the best way to prevent that
1: well they don't they're on the ground to begin with uh uh-huh. right? so yeah thank god that, well other squash
0: uh, yeah. i guess i have some squash that i'm growing it's, and the plant they they get heavy and the plant bends over and the next right. thing i know it's sitting in the dirt the
1: um, really, they're supposed to be, I mean, other than winter squashes, summer squashes, and pick them before they do that. I mean, they taste better when they're a little younger. Um, the other thing that you can use is mulches. You mulch under, underneath them so that if they do fall down, they're not falling down onto the bare earth. Isn't your farm entirely organic? How do you keep the squirrels away? We don't have problems with squirrels. We have problems with deer and earth. other large, large yes. animals. And, um we try, we use fish emulsion to, they don't like the smell of fish. That's our first de- defense, but then if that doesn't work, we uh, actually go after them with, uh, with a little bit of a firepower <laughs> because they can destroy our farm literally in in, in, not, in short short order.
0: Alfred, are aesthetics important in choosing the kind of squash that you cook with?
1: Um, how good it looks? <clears throat>
2: Not really. Um because I, I, you're
0: just eating the pulp from inside.
2: Yes, and you know it, I I think if we're talking about a summer squash, uh maybe a a, a baby variety might it, you know aesthetics may play into it, but no, we're you know you're either roast, you know cutting it in half and roasting it whole or you're peeling it and doing other things with it. So aesthetically it doesn't it doesn't really matter.
0: You've given us two recipes and we'll talk about them. <clears throat> After we take a little break, one of them is butternut squash risotto, maple smoked bacon and sage. Mm. Oh. And the other one is butternut squash soup with spice creme fraiche. They both <laughs> sound fabulous. Thank you. Uh, we'll take a little break. And when we come back, we'll talk about those. We'll talk more about squash. We will answer some questions from listeners. And uh, as I said earlier, unfortunately, for some reason, our phone lines are down. Um, call Verizon, complain for us but you can get in touch with us uh, by writing to us on our show page at WNYC.org slash Lopate or on Facebook or Twitter where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. Stay with us for more of today's Please Explain. And we are back with today's Please Explain look at squash because right now is the beginning of the winter squash. At the beginning of the winter squash season? Or how long has it been going on?
1: Well, it's actually been going on since August this year because we had a hot, dry summer and they were ready early. But a lot of people don't bring them to market that early. Generally, September, October is when you start seeing them in the market.
0: And that's Zaid Kodea, Kodea, who is uh, both a... uh, professor of uh, uh, at SUNY Morrisville and the partner operator at Norwich uh, Meadows Farm. Also with us is James Beard Award-winning chef Alfred Portali, who uh, is the co-owner of Gotham Bar and Grill and author of numerous books. Uh, also, uh, do you consider yourself part of the New American Cuisine Movement,
2: whatever that is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no. Um, well, yes. I mean, I don't know that it's it's such a new American cuisine movement anymore. Um, But yes, when we when you know we opened Gotham 31 years ago, um, you know I had a unique a unique take on on uh, on how to create dishes uh, based on uh, different various my training and uh, heritage and also you know what what then was American regional cuisine. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm often credited for being one of the pioneers. A farm to table. That as well. In, you know, we were – it wasn't called – I mean, nobody really – Patted yourself on the back for being a farm-to-table restaurant. Um, it's something we've been doing for for 30 years. Staying in season. I mentioned we are a few blocks from the Union Square Market, but it's really more than that. It's it's. I've always we've always stayed in, uh, very very firmly in seasons. You'll never see asparagus uh, in 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 March at uh, at Gotham Barn Grill.
0: But uh, one of the things that has changed is at the beginning you became famous for having very high. Food and you don't pile it as high these days.
2: No, um, you know, I got a lot of credit for that. Um, It and it's true. I was, you know, I came from sort of an uh, artistic background and I and I really love the designing food and 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 other things. Um, And uh, at the time, I thought that you know. when when you see a salad um uh, you know flat and the leaves turned upside down and and kind of wilty looking it didn't appeal to me I, so i started adding different layers and levels of height on the plate however um then and now it's really flavor is the most important thing the integrity of the dish and and the uh, and 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 presentation really is is the last but uh, it's
0: interesting that you say you come out of the arts because the way something looks often gets our juices going uh we we look at a plate that is beautifully plated and say oh that looks great even if it turns out to
2: not taste as well as we imagine it will it it, it is important and you know some of the food, um, so, you know, in the past, some of my dishes were really rather simple. But, um, you know, we would elevate the dish by doing a beautiful presentation.
0: Zaid Lisan on Facebook asks, are cantaloupes and other melons related to squash? Sometimes, she says, when I'm cutting a cantaloupe, I can't help seeing and even smelling a similarity.
1: Yes, absolutely. The same family, the Cucurbit family. So, the in fact, if you take a, a melon that is not so ripe and eat it, it will have uh, some undertones of a winter squash flavor. Hmm. Hmm. So, yes, same family.
0: Richard on Twitter writes, please tell me how to cook Hubbard squash. It's enormous, and the skin is like armor.
2: Okay, Hubbard... Um it, that's it's not a, one of my favorite varieties for that reason exactly. Generally, they're so big that unless you're buying it at a at a farmer's market, it's sold cut up in a supermarket. That doesn't appeal to me. Second, the skin is like iron, difficult to peel, and I also find the flesh to be the flavor's okay, but I, sometimes the flesh tends to be a little grainy. So I stay away from Hubbard. There Jim, are go new, ahead.
1: there are new varieties of Hubbards. That's one of the things that we're working on. Uh, in conjunction with Cornell and other breeders, we're trying to breed smaller ones, and that's why I brought these little props with me. There are smaller Hubbard squashes that are available, so they're a little less hard. So if you like the flavor and the texture, you can find smaller Hubbards.
0: It's interesting that you said that because the next thing I was going to ask you about is something from Jim on Twitter. He asked, uh, in regard to butternut squash, does size matter? Uh, do, they, do you get different tastes and textures? Is it better to buy uh, a number of small ones or one
1: large one? Unfortunately, size matters because um, uh, let's take butternut. Unfortunately, now it's a little harder to d- discern because the breeders are breeding smaller and smaller squashes. So there are small um, butternut squashes now. The th- The deal with that is is that you kind of have to know the breed, if they're a large breed and you happen to select a small one, the smaller ones may not have the flavor developed in them, like the larger ones. There's another thing on butternuts in particular to look for is if you see the green star on the top of it, that means they're not quite developed yet. Mm. Good,
2: good, good to
1: know. <laughs> <Yep>. So <laughs> when when you're going to the farmers' market, uh,
0: you I've always wondered you know, how do you know when the watermelon is ripe or when the cantaloupe is ripe?
1: Now I know if there's a green star, avoid it. That's on that particular squash. And ask your farmer. Hopefully your farmer knows. Um, Just sitting around, also they develop flavor. So that's the nice thing about all winter squashes. They develop their flavor better by sitting around. So bring it home and let it sit for a few days? Yes, especially if you buy it early in the season. It's better to let them sit sit for a little while, especially if they have the green star in the case of the butternut squash. And then that star goes away? As it, it's it may. It depends on how... how Because tomatoes how, are never the same if you yeah, just Exactly. Let
0: them, if you pick them a little green, yep. they never ripen the way you would like them to ripen if you just leave them on the vine.
1: Yep. Unfortunately, it's not 100% foolproof. Unfortunately, this particular plant is... There's a whole mess of bugs and diseases that likes them, so a lot of times these will die, and if they die prematurely, then you don't get the flavor development in the fruit. So sometimes it's, you can't really tell, um, and a lot of times you, you really have to you know, ask. Unfortunately, ask your farmer. I don't think anybody at the grocery store knows <laughs> anything about that.
0: Anthony on Twitter asks, and this uh, relates to one of the recipes that you've given us, Alfred. Uh, he says, I make a curry-spiced butternut soup, but... Only eat half the squash. Any other side dish that I can make with the rest, the extra squash?
2: Hmm. Of course. There are a number of things. Um, <clears throat> I get, If you're making this, you know, you can certainly eat squash hot, and I think generally winter squash. I think generally most people do, either in a soup or a curry or, or just plain roasted um, with some butter and maybe some maple sugar. Uh, sugar. But um, if you're making uh, a soup... Um, you can dice up the remaining squash and just cook it maybe in a little salted uh, water that you could add a little butter to until it's just tender, cool it down. And um, I find it great in in a salad. It's not only beautiful, but, um, and it, it really tends to lends itself to kind of nutty flavors. So one idea would be to, 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 to to do an autumn salad with some squash and maybe a walnut vinaigrette and some toasted walnuts. But in the restaurant, I suspect you don't only use half the squash.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk a bit about your recipe for butternut squash soup with spice crumb fresh? Certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, give I, it a little bite.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's I mean, butternut squash soup is one of the easiest soups to make, and um, it's the fastest, uh, particularly if you're using. Uh, butternut which is easy to peel and there's a good yield and it's 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 just a matter of putting it into a pot maybe cooking some some mirepoix first and um you know in the case if you're making a curry um which i often do you know you add your curry powder and let it cook before you add the squash and some some stock or water and puree it um you know it it again if if the squash is perfectly ripe and sweet all it really needs is a little salt and pepper um maybe a tablespoon of butter to enrich it it has um, that little cup that you can if you're roasting it
0: you can just put the butter maybe a little maple yeah. syrup a few other things exactly. into the cup and that infuses the whole thing
2: and it does and 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 you know for for me um winter squash I, you know i think autumn i think of uh, sort of sweet spices uh, like nutmeg and cinnamon and those kinds of spices and I think they marry very well with the squash
0: another listener uh, Louie on our show page can you talk about that weird thing that happens when you cut butternut squash some people can't handle the squash because it dries out the skin and some even feel this when they eat it in their throat is it an allergy or just a reaction for some people
1: no, uh, that's that's what I was talking about earlier in terms of um, there is a compound in in the squash that uh, is astringent, so it 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 causes you to to feel your mouth dry. It that can be cooked out, um, and there's other ways that chefs I understand can prepare use use methods that can actually help with that. But that that is unfortunately that is a sign of an immature squash sometimes. And But it's hard to tell from looking at the squash whether that's going to be the case or not. But generally, cooking helps. Debbie in Westchester asks,
0: what's the best type of squash to grow in a home garden? And how much do you plant and how do you pollinate them?
1: Okay, well, <laughs> that is the million-dollar question. When, when I, As a farm, we are able to dilute out pests just by the sheer volume of plants that we grow. When I was only... A home gardener, I had a heck of a time growing things because if the cucumber beetle comes and attacks your plant and you have two plants, they can be done in an hour or two. Mm-hmm. So you, ne- you really need to um, look into there are some squashes that can tolerate plant can tolerate the pests, and you can also use what's called row cover. You can cover the plant when it's young, and uh, then that'll preclude the the the, the uh, insects. Um, there are other tips, unfortunately, it would take me a long time to describe. There there are ways of mitigating those things. Row cover would be the easiest. And then when it gets big, it can more or less tend, uh, fend for itself. But you should plant more than one next to each other so that they cross-pollinate? Uh, the pollination in, in squashes happens. There's a male flower, which is the one that our friend uses to those are the those make the best flower in terms of of uh frying or whatever and then the female flower so they t- you don't have to have two plants no the, the plant will, will pollinate itself but having more than one plant definitely helps in terms of the bugs uh, can you pollinate the plants yourself you can um you don't need to you if you are in a place where there's not a lot of bugs that will naturally pollinate then you will have to so some some places, like rooftops and so on, I don't know too many people growing squashes on rooftops because these things have a huge footprint, but then you would, if you don't have bugs that are going to pollinate, you would have to. The squash has seeds, and
0: people use the seeds in cooking as well. Do you tend to save them all, Alfred?
2: Uh, well, we don't save them all, um, but it depends on the recipe. Um if if I feel, if I'm looking for some texture or, uh, or uh, you know, some additional flavor in a dish, we will toast um, some of the seeds and, and use them in the dish. Um, but like you said, we go through cases of squash, and um, no, we don't keep all this. There's, there's there's some work involved in cleaning the seeds and drying them and so on. So we do, we do it occasionally when we need it.
0: My house often has paper towels with, these slimy-looking seeds sitting on them, waiting to dry out. But once they do, they they can be terrific. And uh, put a little salt on them, a little
1: pepper. Or put them in the oven. They're excellent. Um, in in the culture that I grew up in, watermelon seed and squash seed were something that you ate all the time. We didn't have potato chips and that kind of stuff. So very, very, very tasty and and very healthy for you.
0: Are there varieties of squash that can be used
2: interchangeably
0: when you're cooking?
1: I would say yes, Uh, just about all of them. Well,
2: I don't know about all of them, but most of them, yes. Um, Some lend its – some, you know, there are various levels of sweetness, which may or may not be important in the recipe. Um, The way that the flesh breaks down might be important if you're – Pureeing, um, most of the ones squashes we've discussed, you know, are, are pretty similar and can be used interchangeably.
0: But some are more sweet and some are more savory. Yes,
2: in in my, uh, um, correct. Some are more sweet. Some are more savory. Maybe a little more starchy. Um, kabocha swa- squash, I love using um, because it has such a brilliant orange color and it's very dramatic. Um, so i like using that squash for soup do you have a bunch of, of cookbooks out um uh, what's yeah.
0: the most recent one
2: um well the, the, the there are, there are two um and they're not that recent um simple pleasures was the last book mm-hmm. i published and um more of a uh, of a home you know the, the recipes were designed to be be a little more accessible and the ingredients easily um found um last year or two years ago we did a m- more of a, a a a journal that um sort of celebrated the the various farms at Union Square Market that we that we uh, that we work with and it was all vegetarian. Um so that that that's available as well. That's 12 seasons? No, 12 oh. no. Um it's 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 something that we self published and um, you know is available if you contact the restaurant or if you happen to be in there for, for dinner. dinner, well, yeah. you can and get so, it there. And Zay, do so you sell at the Union
1: <clears throat> Square
0: Market? Yes, we do. Uh, any other farmers markets around mm-hmm. the, the area?
1: Tompkins Square and Ninety uh, Second and First Avenue. Uh huh. I mean, those those are our markets. Yep. And which days? Uh, Friday, Saturday,
0: and Monday. Uh huh. And Home what's and what are you going to be showing this weekend? Or this Uh, week?
1: This week, we are still, we've been blessed with, if you want to call it that, with a very warm fall. So we still have everything. We still have everything.
0: My great thanks to Zaid Kodiyah and to Alfred Portali for talking with us today on our Please Explain Look at Squash. It's been a lot of fun, and thank you for remaining so tasteful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.